Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonah Marie, and the wise master Sinube to my impatient Ahsoka Tano, my mom, Maria. Wow, that took you a long while, huh? <laughs> Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. Since our favorite show is on break, we'll be looking at other parts of the Star Wars universe. In today's episode, we will be talking about the next batch of Star Wars The Clone Wars episodes from Season 2, Grievous Intrigue, The Deserter, and Lightsaber Lost. In Grievous Intrigue, Jedi Master Koth is taken hostage and tortured by General Grievous, while Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Adi Galia devise a daring rescue plan. In The Deserter, Rex is injured during the search for Grievous and must recover in a local farmer's barn. But he is shocked to discover the farmer is a clone deserter. And finally, in Lightsaber Lost, during an assignment in the Coruscant Underworld, a pickpocket steals Ahsoka's lightsaber. Ahsoka enlists the help of an ancient Jedi, Terra Sinuve, to track down her weapon and reclaim her honor. People, I know how to read, okay? I do know how to read. I know. For a second, I thought, man, the, you actually got the names right. It was like, like all the normal words that were, <laughs> that were coming bad. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, so I was just like, oh, Ma, Ma's got it. And I was like, oh, Ma doesn't got it. <laughs> So what's also very special about this episode is that it's our 50th episode. I'm 50. (laughs) So we're super excited that we finally hit this milestone. I can kick. I can stretch. And I can kick. (laughs) That was an awesome character. Yeah. So if anyone's not familiar, we're referencing Molly Shannon's character from Saturday Night Live. Who, 50. <laughs> uh, who played this crazy 50-year-old woman. And, yeah, so hopefully there'll be more episodes to come. And, Ma, you're the same age as this episode. This episode yes, I know. <laughs> Finally caught up with me. So, in episode 9, Grievous Intrigue, the fortune cookie is, for everything you gain, you lose something else. And that is it's very true. true. Remember when we got the fridge? Yes. And then the stove ended up not working. working. Yes. <laughs> Every time. It never fails. Every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we find this new Jedi, Jedi Master Koth. So he actually came close to killing Grievous at one point. I was like, oh, he was so close. But of course, Grievous. We, we know Grievous is cheats. Not gonna, you know? Yeah, he, he's a cheater. Yeah, he is. He's bad. <laughs> you see, there's evil and then there's Grievous. Grievous. Yes. <laughs> that should be another word for evil. You're Grievous. <laughs> And, you know, they're in the temple war room, the the other Jedi and and Yoda, they're all watching Grievous being victorious in the moment of capturing Jedi Master Koth. And there's younglings in there. And then after they see what happens in that hologram, Yoda says, you know, away with the younglings. And I'm like, why didn't you say that before? before, Yeah, um, you know, rated R. (laughs) And then there's a suitor for younger viewers. Yeah. 
And there was something you said, Ma, where you said they don't think of younglings in the same same way way we would. No, they don't. They don't see these children as children. Otherwise, Ahsoka wouldn't be smack in the middle of a war. Yeah, that's true. They're different. The the path to knowledge outweighs age and anything else. Wow, that was such a Yoda. That's a fortune cookie. Yes. (laughs) At the same time, when they were watching this hologram they see that Koth was doing these hand signals. He was giving them the location of where they would be. But but let's point out that it was not the Jedi who noticed this. It was one of the clones. Was it? I don't remember that. They gave the message over the the ears. Like they whisper in the ear and then it was the Jedi who said he was... Oh, they had noticed that detail. (laughs) See, the the clones are are good at what they do. And so they, it points out that their location is Salukamai. So it's a planet that we haven't seen yet, I think. Uh, I don't think in this in the series. So then we have Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Adi Galia volunteering to go rescue him. Even though we had discussed it before in previous episodes, it took me a little while for me to realize why Adi Galia went with them. Because at one point, you have Anakin and her and Jedi Master Koth, who they just rescued, and she ends up going to face Grievous. And you're like, wait a second. You know, you'd think Anakin would be the one to do it. But then I forgot that Anakin doesn't see, doesn't meet Grievous until Revenge of the Sith. So I was just like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) But still, Adi Galia was awesome. So I'm glad she was the one to go anyway. And so Obi-Wan, he ends up serving as a distraction while Anakin and Adi Galia go in to uh, infiltrate Grievous's ship. Of course, Grievous knew that this was going to happen. I mean, he may be a coward, but he's not stupid. No, he he's not. But man, does he like to run away? He does like to run away. He does. <laughs> you can you know, ha- have the courage of your convictions. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he doesn't have any. I think at one point in this episode, there was a tactical droid who was obviously giving Grievous advice as to how to approach the situation. And when he came face to face with Anakin and Arigalia, he was laughing and he had this weird like, ha, ha, ha. ha." (laughs) (laughs) I like it when they try to give um, this character Traits. traits. Yeah. To the the machines, you yeah. know, like ha ha. ha. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I know it's hilarious, and I thought it was a very comedic moment. Yes. for for a situation where Adi Galia could have lost her life in that moment. Obviously, not Anakin, but yeah, that was. I, I just love that Joy's laugh, and I forgot all about it. So that was entertaining to see. And there was at one point where. I believe they were going to send a shock to Jedi Master Koth, who's being held captive, and he's, you know, hanging on that device. And the droid, you know, ends up picking up his arm, which had been sliced by Anakin, I think. And he ends up picking it up, but when he goes to press the button, he can't. He can't because (laughs) whatever little piece is left doesn't reach Reach. the button. That was bad. <laughs> so you again. had to pick up your own hand, and then you cannot do what you're supposed to do. 
So that was another fun moment with that droid character. And Grievous, like how you mentioned before, he really loves to run away from a situation. And he talks a lot. He does. He likes he, to... He, he bolsters a lot about his his strength and whatnot, but then... At the end of the day... Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he really... And he, he has no confidence in himself. That's why he keeps trying to make himself better. He has no no concept. And, and this is a, a problem with a lot of people. When you don't have confidence in you your abilities, you overcompensate in other, other areas. areas. Yeah. Because uh, it, it is a psychological type of way for your brain to deal with things. You you have emotions, you have a lot of things going on, and, and this is a way for your brain to work through it. And... and Grievous is the personification of a person who has absolutely no confidence in anything he does. It's true because look at just look at him. He he personally chose to give himself all these advancements. Why would you do that if you have the confidence in the, in the first place? Yeah, in in your abilities. Exactly. Sometimes Yes, growing your abilities is good. Trying to be better is good. But at what cost are you trying to be better? What is it that you're sacrificing? The moment you're sacrificing who you are, then that is not being better. No, That is yeah. overcompensating for a shortcoming that you cannot handle and you cannot deal with. Exactly. Yeah. That was a nice little analysis on Grievous there. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I also don't like the way he crawls. I don't like ooh, that. Ooh, the yeah. spidery. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's, no. that's ooh. creepy. Spider. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the, the the set of clones. I think uh, Cody was one of them who were trying desperately to hold them back from escaping. Yes. And wow, they they were putting it their all into that. Unfortunately, one of the troopers at one point when the hall gets disconnected and you know, ends up being sucked, sucked out into the back, space. you know. Space. And in that moment, I was like, I wonder if anyone like because we've seen before that the clone trooper helmets will keep them alive for you know a certain amount of time before oxygen runs out. So I wonder if there's anything in place for them to pick up life signs in the middle of of a battle and pick up the strays if it's not they they, they really have no backup plan because i will have it if this is out there and this is in place there should be a Mm -hmm. (laughs) follow-up you know yeah yeah. why why have the ability of sustaining life even if for a short period if you're not gonna do have the effort or make the effort of helping it yeah i know what you mean yeah so i I hope there is something in place like i I hope troopers that get sucked down (laughs) to space like that yeah there's like one of those um, machines that clean up the street oh a sweeper oh yeah yeah sweeping the bodies oh that's terrible (laughs) but you know during times of war like uh, you were allowed uh, i don't know about recent war and current conditions but in the past at least i know some wars you were allowed to pick up the wounded yeah. and the uh, those that that's where the alive. um the people that the program that you participate AF, yeah, AFS, AFS. yeah afs intercultural programs um, yeah that's how they originated yeah being in the battlefield picking up the wounded yeah if you have children i highly recommend doing that program it's a very uh eye-opening experience yes cool and then Obi-Wan, at one point, is very desperate to catch up to Grievous. You know, everything's falling apart around them. And he's like, come on, we have to go yeah, and get him. In this episode, Obi-Wan 
resembles Anakin. Anakin, yes. Yeah. And Anakin was more actually like more like Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. I'll take off, uh, you know, yeah. and, and and regroup and whatnot. And whereas he was the one desperate to go get him. Yeah. And unfortunately he doesn't get to that because uh they have to be rescued by Anakin and unfortunately for Grievous, he ends up crash landing onto Seleucamine, which leads us into our next episode, episode ten, The Deserter, which is the best episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jonah. We know you like this episode. Before this episode started, uh, first of all, I like when I do an outline of what episodes we're gonna cover. I don't do them by titles. I do them by numbers. And I'm like, okay, these will go together. These will go together, and so on and so forth. So when this episode came next, I was like, oh my god, it's the dessert, <laughs> and I was freaking out. <laughs> So yeah, in the deserter, the fortune cookie is, it is the quest for honor that makes one honorable. Just trying. Yeah. Really trying. Mm-hmm. Putting your best into it. And even though you don't really get there. At um, least you tried. At least and, you tried. And, and and that's what makes it worth it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess that could kind of apply to Cut. You know, he wasn't, uh, as Rex comes to realize, Cut isn't a complete coward. He he. He may be a deserter, but he's actually a courageous person uh, willing to sacrifice his life for his family. And so Obi-Wan ends up landing on Seleucami looking for Grievous. And Grievous himself, he's actually looking for an escape pod that might have landed on the planet so that he can find a transmitter to get more Somebody ships. Somebody help. To yeah, to get him out of there. Get him out of there. And of course, there's Rex in in this in this episode. Let, let, let's just really read it the way you wrote it. <laughs> sexy Rex on a sexy Beater. Yes. So these are my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what I wrote as the bullet sexy point. Sexy Rex in a sexy speeder. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, he was very sexy on that speeder. And, oh, man, just him sitting there looking all commanding and whatnot. <laughs> 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 and at one point, you know, he decides to, he and Obi-Wan decide to split up so they could cover more ground. And Cody says, Rex is a smart man, to which Obi-Wan replies with, indeed, always thinking on his feet. He's such an awesome character because of that. He's he's the type of character who doesn't blindly follow orders, as we've yeah. seen time and he's time smart. again. Yeah. He, he, he analyzes. Although in this episode, when we meet Cut, who's very individual, Rex is sort of in a conflict with who he is as a soldier of the Republic. Because he realizes that his point of view is not the only, only point, point of, of view. view. Exactly, yeah. And in his position... In the experiences that he has, that he has so far, that is not a real thing. That is not really happening in his life, in his regular life. There is only one point of view, and that's the one to follow. Now he's confronted with, you know what? It's not just the way they have taught me. There's other ways as well. Yeah, but is it ways that they're allowed to choose? And, and that's, that's and, and the this whole... is that this is how, where he shows conflict yeah. because he would like to say yes, but he can because of his own convictions. Yeah, he's been brought up to think that he is this essential piece to a puzzle. Mm-hmm. When there are so many other puzzles, he can be a part of. And then the fact that you see, it all relates to experience. Your experience 
with me can be totally different than your brother's experience with me. Mm -hmm. So while Cut's experience may have led him to desert, to run away from his post, and we get to know his story, the experience that Rex has had so far leads him to believe in a different way. Yeah. So maybe all the clones that are more close to the experience Cut had have develop those same thoughts and are probably out there thinking about it but people with the experience of rex are more loyal rex is treated with respect and admiration by anakin Mm -hmm. anakin respects him and trusts him rex feels this and he knows this Mm -hmm. so of course he's not gonna feel like all the clones that are in the in, in the shadows despite having said i lose brothers every day and they're my family they're his family But we need to learn that the other side of the fence, even though it looks the same, it may be different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when you are on this side looking there, you see one thing. And when you're on the other side looking the opposite way, you may see something different, even though you're still in the same place. Right. And that is the experience of all these clones. Yeah. They may be clones, but they are individuals. Mm -hmm. And there's one clone in particular who I had to point out. His name's Chris. And he had like this gold golden hair yeah blonde yeah blonde blonde hair more blonde than Rex's because he has like a buzz cut sort of a hairstyle but this guy had like the sun on his head (laughs) his his hairstyle is one of the coolest clone hairstyles I've seen (laughs) so far and then Rex is out looking for Grievous when all of a sudden one of the commando droid I think it was ends up shooting him right in the chest yes and I thought, I remember the first time I saw that, Mommy, it was, I think it was a Friday night. I was sitting down on the floor. I freaked out. This is like <laughs> when it first aired. So I, nobody had seen the episode before, obviously. I was like legitimately freaking out. I was like, oh my God, they're going to kill Rex. Rex is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but he ended up not dying, obviously. And when Rex ends up getting shot, I like that the, the clones end up saying, protect the captain, protect the captain. I think I remember myself saying, protect the captain, protect the captain. <laughs> and then Jesse is the one to realize realize that they're on farmland you know these are domesticated animals so then kicks the others end up taking him to they have shelter yeah they find a farmhouse a farmhouse yeah and a woman very hot sexy woman yes yeah i was just gonna say what was your impression of sula queen wow yes no wonder uh, (laughs) the other one deserted Mommy, yeah, uh, she she's definitely quite the looker. Yeah, yeah she she's very beautiful, and I I love the way she came out. She was yeah. pointing a weapon yeah, at them, and like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> like, which gives me the impression that she's have has had some yes. sort of conflict before while Cut's been away, or or maybe even before Cut even showed up, she might have had issues with. Just random people trying to steal. And then they end up getting the the permission to go into the little barn area to help Rex. And Kix ends up saying, as the team medic, when it comes to the health of the men, including you, I outrank everyone. Yeah, that that was very decisive. It was like, you know, those moments in in, in Star Trek where when the doctor tells Picard, I'm sorry, but you're doing what I'm telling you to do, not whatever you want. You may be the captain. I'm the doctor. Yeah, yeah. I love that the doctor, that the The, medics have authority over all. And then the little girl, the little 
little daughter of Sue, Shea, she ends up coming in, following a little ball, and she looks at Rex, and she's like, you look like my daddy. <laughs> so what was, moment, what was your thought in that? When The moment she said, you look like my daddy, I knew what the deserted was all about. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. A clone deserted. Yeah. So, and I love your thought process because I had to write it down. I was, you first went, is her husband? Oh, yes. Is he a clone? Oh, <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, you got to watch the episode, <laughs> <laughs> and then you said, oh, he went AWOL, you know, absent without leave. Mm. So they end up leaving to to go assist with the search while they leave Rex to rest. And there's the little Aopi, the little creature that ends up like licking, licking. Rex. It looks like, um, you know, like a cross between an elephant and, a, and an anteater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, they definitely kind of meld there. And I wish I was at Aopi at the moment because I, uh. I, I would have been licking and, and, and kissing Rex. <laughs> <laughs> but then he pushed me away. And then, <laughs> so then that's when Cut Queen comes in. And I love that he was rocking the Kanan ponytail. <laughs> uh, so what were your thoughts of seeing Cut being so well, different from what you're used to seeing? First, he, when he entered, he entered very quietly. His intentions may not have been the intentions of some of letting Rex get up of that bed. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, he's afraid he's going to be taken away from his family. Well, the first thing I thought, actually, uh, sorry to interrupt, but the first thing I thought was that he might have seen, like, their tracks on the ground, and he was worried that someone may have come into the barn to find shelter without permission. So then that's why he came in there with his with his staff. And then, but I like what you're thinking, too. But then Rex, of course... He may be injured, but he's aware of everything that's happening. He realizes what's going on and, of course, defends himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And poorly, unfortunately, because yes. uh, Cut overpowers him. And Cut's like, so I see the war finally made its way out here. So at this point, the war hasn't really reached Salukamai. So he was hoping, he probably tried to find a planet where the war wouldn't reach him. But unfortunately, the war is so spread out that you can't really escape it. And Rex... He sees him and he knows you're a deserter. And the way he said it, he said it in a way where his face with animosity yeah like, like i don't like, like you disgust that, yes in a way like, you don't deserve to live right but the thing about that is like not everyone has the ability or like the the courage to fight and this moment is a good example of first impressions you see rex's experience has have left him to feel this way when he confronts a person who has deserted their post. This is how I'm supposed to respond. Yeah. It's not until he he sees the interaction with Cut and his family that he realizes that, you know, there's something different here. Mm-hmm. Which is why we should always give second chances. We should always find uh, an opportunity to expand our first impressions. Because yeah. you never know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Cut ends up saying that he is exercising his freedom to choose to not kill for a living. And it's interesting because he explains later on that he had left after the Battle of Genosis. But I guess he was averse to killing the Genosians because those were the only living creatures at the time. From that point forward, it's mainly droids that we're fighting. So you're not... This is terrible because I'm always trying to say that droids are people. But they're essentially just droids at the end of the day. It's interesting 
interesting that he said it in that way where he's like, I, I don't want to kill as part of my lifestyle. That's not what I want to do for my life. And also the fact that he sees what killing does. He saw his friends die. All die, yes. Uh. Which is actually very similar to Callus's story. Yes. The way that he had been attacked by rebels and then that rebel started shooting off his mates one by one. So it got me thinking like, oh man, could we see Agent Callus desert at some point? Because he shares a similar story with, with Cut in mm-hmm. a way. And then Jack ends up coming into the barn and he's like, you guys, you know, you gotta have dinner with us. <laughs> uh, the and they're kid, so cute. And he's such a good father because he goes along with his kids and, and tells them, you know, why you're not gonna win this one no (laughs) you have to come in and jack says uh we always help anyone we can after his dad says something similar and i like to think that shaya and jack grew up to be part of the rebellion or at least i hope and it'd be so cool if they showed up in rebels that would be amazing And then, you know, they're at the dinner table and they continue on their conversation. Cut says, you and I may be clones, but we're still individuals. And, you know, he mentions that names are unique. They they make us who we are. They help us become individuals. It identifies us. It makes yeah. us different. Right. And then Rex says, you know, I'd never really thought about it. You know, why why I'm called Rex and whatnot. And I wonder why he's called Rex, Rex. to be honest. Uh, like, in universe, like, how did that name come about for him? Uh, we never really find out, unfortunately. But, you know, out of universe, we know that Rex means king and he's sort of a leader. So he's a leader among men. So Cut, he also says, you've thought about what your life would look like if you could leave the army. He, he probably has because that is probably the reason why he ended up with Wolf and uh, Gregor, Gregor yeah. out there, all them three alone, you know, yeah, yeah. because... He already had that seed implanted in in his head, which made it easier to break away at some point from Mm -hmm. whatever was happening. Yeah. Realizing this is not the right thing to do. This is not what we're supposed to do. Right. Even though he was programmed to be that way and do it that way. Right. And Rex says that he is making a choice by staying with the war. And, you know, because it's meaningful to him as a soldier. And is is obviously curious. He's like, okay, what about being in the war makes it so meaningful to you? Because it definitely wasn't for me. And Rex says it's because he's part of a pivotal part of the of the war of the history you know he wants to stop some sort of evil from taking over which unfortunately does end up happening and the reason for this is again his experience with anakin Mm -hmm. so so that makes him see things differently yeah and then later on after dinner they end up playing the jaric and cut ends up saying that he left after the battle of genosis and it makes me wonder how many others have fled from the from the war and whether there's anyone on the inside who's been helping them flee that, that, that would be interesting yeah. mm-hmm. that there's actually somebody. Wouldn't it be even more interesting if he's a Jedi? I know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, right? Yeah, the Jedi mm-hmm. was who believes in life and life for it to have and people to have their own choices. Yeah, I thought that about it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And Cut, he eventually says that 
the war made no sense to him, which is why he ended up leaving. And it's like that for a lot of people yeah. currently. The war, this war makes no sense to me. But then it makes sense for others. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's again, it, it's all about your personal experiences, how you grew up, how you were brought up, what experiences you, you have collected through your life that have shaped your your mental capacity and, and and your ability to think and and process complex thoughts and and formulate your own opinion about things cuz people out there that are just followers yeah they don't have the ability to formulate their own thoughts so they follow mm-hmm. and you know what that's okay not everybody's a leader mm-hmm. but there are those who follow But you know they have the capacity. They have chosen. They have thought about it. Mm -hmm. Rex is one of these. Yeah, it's true. And the kids are desperate to go out and play. So they end up Ah. playing. And they find an escape pod. And unfortunately... Oh, boy. You were, you were so shocked when she hit her elbow hit the button and it activated. Uh, oh my god, they're gonna die! <laughs> Did you think at, at any point during this episode that Cup could have died? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did you have that? I feeling? actually actually thought he was gonna die saving Rex or, or his family because he said yeah. it. He said, yeah, "I would, I would die, die to protect my family." Yeah. I really was expecting him to. That would have been so sad. I wonder if they had it at, like in some form of of the like an earlier draft. Like if they had him dying at any point. Because I I remember feeling that too. I thought, oh man, they're gonna kill off this awesome character that we just got introduced to, yeah. <laughs> who you know hasn't has made an influence on Rex. And that's where I thought because we know that Rex isn't in Revenge of the Sith because he's not with at the attack of the Jedi Temple when Anakin goes in to attack it. So I thought, oh my gosh, what if this character dies? And it influences Rex to leave the war. And then that's how we don't see him in Revenge of the Sith. Like my mom. Oh, wow. You you really, like, run out there. I do a lot of the time. Yeah. That's not what ends up happening. But it could have been a good story. And at the same time, the Obi-Wan and everyone else is trying to stop Grievous from escaping. But unfortunately, Grievous, once again... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ends up escaping slippery dude yep yeah and it's gonna be like that all the way until he dies in revenge of the sith that's annoying <laughs> i think that's what a lot of people had problems with because clone wars is in a point of time where not a lot of things can change for certain characters like grievous unfortunately can't die until that movie so he's going to end up escaping a lot of the time in order to get to that point so it's, it's frustrating yes but you know you gotta deal with it Deal with it, ma. <laughs> I'm going to deal with you. <laughs> and then uh, Rex decides at the very end, after they defeat the droids successfully, the two of them, and they save the family, Rex decides to not tell on I like I like how he he made the point. Yeah. You are a deserter because you That's deserted. You, yeah, you deserted you, from the you war. Did, but you're not a coward. No. Yeah. So you didn't run away because you were afraid. And this is where the honor part comes in. Mm -hmm. Like, he knows that there's honor in this guy. Mm -hmm. He may have left his position, but he has honor and he has his value. He has values on top of it and principles. Yes. And he stuck to those, even though 
his world was just that little unit and not the grand army of the Republic, how it should have been. And Rex ends up saying that this is your home because cut offers him to stay. He says, no, this is your home. My family is elsewhere. And that made me cry. <laughs> that, that make you say, hey, yes, I'm here. Yeah, no, that's what I said. I said, I'm his family. <laughs> it's true, I am. Okay. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Rex. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, I'm, I'm Mrs. Captain Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and what I really loved about this episode was just that it was completely something refreshing and new. Because we hadn't really seen a clone fulfilling some other type of role or life. You know, we've only seen them as soldiers up until this yeah. point. So I, I, I liked the fact that we saw a clone that was living the life that he wanted and not one that was programmed Wrong into him. And finally, in episode 11, Lightsaber Lost, the fortune cookie is, easy isn't always simple. And I thought, <laughs> and in the back of my mind, I thought, el vago pasa trabajo dos veces. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what my mom always says. And what does it mean, mommy? Basically, is the lazy works twice as hard. Yeah. Because you work first trying to avoid work. Yeah. And then you work having to do what you were avoiding in the first place. So you end up doing work twice. Yeah, yeah. So let's say you're you're sitting on the couch and you're trying to push a chair over to get it out of the way from the TV with your foot, and you end up knocking, knocking it over. the chair over. So now you have to stand up and pick up the and chair. And pick up the chair and move it. <laughs> exactly. So you, you, you did all that work trying to move the chair because you didn't want it to stand, stand up. And in the end, you had to stand up and then do it anyway. Exactly. So, <laughs> so Twice as hard. So easy isn't always simple. Okay. <laughs> and this time we see Anakin and Ahsoka on Coruscant. And they're doing some sort of detective work in a way where they're looking for a weapons dealer who's been selling Republic weapons to the Separatists. So what I found very interesting about this part of the episode was that there were so many, it, so, it looked so run down. It looked like New York City, like the outside like, parts of New York City. Like a, like a, a ghetto, slum. Yeah. a slum. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, there was homeless people. Ahsoka looked very disgusted by, by, yeah, she, by one she coughing. she was like, oh yeah. my God, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there... Coruscant, uh, at the top you have Manhattan, basically, and the lower levels are the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, and Staten Island. And not the best places. Not the best. No. On those. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's New York City in a nutshell. Then Ahsoka, at one point, Anakin goes in to get the arms dealer, and Ahsoka's outside, and she ends up showing off her lightsaber. You know, don't mess with her in a way. And when Anakin inevitably causes some trouble... Disturbance and everybody comes out running. <laughs> exactly. Her lightsaber gets stolen. So the lesson here is if you have something pretty, don't show it off. No. no. <laughs> Hide it. Yeah. Like in the subway, I don't really use my phone out all the time because I don't want anyone stealing it. <laughs> so Ahsoka, she ends up saying, my master's going to kill me. And in a way, that's kind of true. <laughs> 
maybe not right then and there, but later. Later on, yeah, as we see in Star Wars Rebels. Although, as we kind of learn, she doesn't actually die, so we don't know what state she's in. And Ahsoka ends up going to Jocasta Nu for assistance because she needs to determine, she needs to identify this thief who ended up stealing her lightsaber. And Jocasta isn't able to help her, but she ends up referring her to someone else as a proper reference librarian would. So she ends up referring her to Master Sinube, Tara Sinube, who is actually sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> on, on the job. On the job. <laughs> And and but he's an expert of the Coruscant underworld. You know he knows his stuff. He eventually does help her identify the the person. The, the, apparently his name is Banamu. Reminds me of Xanadu. <laughs> uh, and then Sinube, he actually decides to come with her. Yeah, that, that actually that was that was the trade. Yes, you know yeah, yeah. I'll help you if you do something for me. Yes, and that something is you have to take me with you. <laughs> yes. And I love this because he hasn't had an active job, yeah. an active assignment in a while. So he wants to. Yeah, he get, wants to go out, get his bones creaking. You know. <laughs> And then he and Ahsoka go to coin quote buy a lightsaber to try to get information. And they also ultimately get pointed to a location called the Spider Arms Hostel. I wouldn't go there to be honest. No, it sounds no. like a like, I, I where you would go die. Anywhere that says hostel, not after the movie hostel. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no way. Uh uh-uh. uh. I know I wouldn't really Mm-mm. yeah. And one of the two ended up making the, the Jedi mind trick upon entering to the Rodian. And that's how they were able to go in. And they discover Banamu in his room. But before that, actually, Sunube tells her to calm down. You know, you need yeah, to... Yeah, she's very hyped. She's very like, I-, I need to find my lifesaver now. Yeah. It's like, I cannot wait. And here is this guy moving at the speed of zero <laughs> basically yeah. yeah and he's telling her to calm down you know because you're missing clues in the force she ends up doing that as as advised and and she ends up finding banamu in his in his room and then she finds out that unfortunately the lightsaber isn't in his custody he ended up selling it to someone called knack movers what is it with names in this universe? I mind they have to sound Star Warsy. Obi Wan is a Star Warsy name. I can pronounce it. What is that? Knack Movers. Knack Knack Movers. It's, it's, it looks like Movers, but I think it's Movers. Movers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was Movers. Yeah, Knack Movers. Uh-huh. Either way, uh, Ahsoka's worried that. And the end that her weapon might be used as a murdering weapon, like a, a tool for bad for stuff, killing. Yeah, for not good. No, yeah, and they end up going to their location, next location, and they happen upon a crime scene. You know, the guy's actually dead. <laughs> yep. He he kicked the bucket, and they find this little scared girl there. Her name's Marcy. Uh, Soka's investigating, looking around, and she ends up getting sucker punched by this other woman. Her name is Cassie Cryer. <laughs> Your face, but Cassie's actually a, a, a you know national yeah. name, yeah. So Cassie Cryer, and she's a oh this name's gonna get you. She's a Terrellian Django jumper. <laughs> Yep. So and then someone said try to try saying that three times fast. Terrellian jungle. The fast jungle. is the keyword. Oh. 
Terrarian Jungle Jump. Terrarian Jungle Jump. No me. No me. Let me see. Terrarian Jungle Jumper. Terrarian Jungle Jumper. Terrarian Jungle Jumper. That girl could jump. She could. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I pointed out while we were watching it that the eighth brother, who was introduced in The Twilight of the Apprentice, was a Terrarian Jungle Jumper. Although we never really got to see him under the mask, under the helmet. And Ahsoka is just following her. And no matter what (laughs) might happen to her, she is on the chase trying to get her lightsaber back. And she ends up... And meanwhile, Sanubi is just interrogating basically yeah that's what he's doing because he feels like there's something, something odd. odd about the yeah, woman yeah so i love that ahsoka eventually ends up like on a hologram billboard of palpatine See? she's just <laughs> hanging in front of palpatine <laughs> and then eventually sanube is going all csi on on this woman. woman and she ends up and he ends up actually planning a tracker on her which was pretty smart of him to yeah. do yeah, yeah. Just, you have to solo down and think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then we find out that she was part of the crime. She and Cassie were partners in crime in killing Knack for the lightsaber. And Sanube, you know, he at one point he says, always rushing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I love that character. And he eventually comes in in a speeder because Ahsoka doesn't really catch up to her, to Cassie Cryer. So she's just sitting there, you know, wallowing in the fact that she didn't get her lightsaber. And then he comes along with a little speeder. And then what gets me laughing is the fact that he was still going very slow. And everybody (laughs) passing him by. And Ahsoka's like, I don't know, you could go faster. (laughs) And that's when he reveals, you know... I know. Uh, I know where we're going. We, we're going to catch up with her in the train station. Because I put uh, a tracker on her. I put a tracker on her. <laughs> and Ahsoka is like, with a face like, couldn't you have just said that before? <laughs> but you know who else did that? Ezra. He planted a tracker on the cat Um, in that episode, Legacy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty neat, the fact that, you know, Ezra, even though he had chased the cat, what was sort of Ahsoka-like, uh, he ended up putting the tracker on, I think it was a speeder bike that he put the tracker on, not the actual cat itself. But yeah, he was both Ahsoka and Sanube in that moment. <laughs> and Cassie, you know, they end up coming up to the two girls and Cassie ends up running again. And she ends up taking the lightsaber and holding it against two civilians. And she's not willing to let them go because then... Ahsoka might play a mind mind trick trick. on her. And that's when Sanube comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, Sanube. The door of the train opens and Sanube's right there. Yeah, like how did that happen? (laughs) Yeah, it's like the scenes where you see the victim running and running and running. (laughs) And here I go and... You see the bad guy just walking, like Freddy. (laughs) We've mentioned it before, yeah. uh, Friday the 13th, he's just walking, and the other one is running and running Mm -hmm. and running. And when they turn around, boom, (laughs) the bad guy's right there. How did that happen? (laughs) So here's Sanubi, the door opens, and bam, 
Here, there he is. Yep, and he pulls out a lightsaber, which you thought was white. Yes. And I thought it was white, too, the first time I had seen it. But it's actually, I think it's, it's actually a very light blue, because Ahsoka is the first to carry those white lightsabers. But yeah, he had a very cool lightsaber inside his cane, which is yeah. pretty neat. And I want a cane like that. Me, too. Me, too. But Although I pull um, a lightsaber. Peter Mayhew, actually, his cane is a lightsaber. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> and then Sanube so actually ends up telling her the value of moving slowly is that one can always clearly see the way ahead. And I love that that quote. You know, you got to take things at, your, you, at a slow you pace. You slow down. Smell the roses. <laughs> smell the coffee. You know, take time to see what's happening around you. Yeah. We go so fast every day that life goes by and one day you just sit down and you say, what have I done? You've done a lot, but because you did not took the time to think while you were doing it, to create those memories, to make those, I, I call them records mm -hmm. of your life, you don't see it. Yeah. It just passed by. I mean, look at the fact that we're already in August. August of 2016. In just a few more months, it's going to be 2017. What the heck, mommy? I don't know. <laughs> That's just crazy. Yeah. Just the other day, I was 18. Don't say it that way. <laughs> no, it's true. I feel like yeah. I was 18 yesterday, and now I'm 30. Lord. Uh, you, you, you still like acting 30. <laughs> I still act 18. <laughs> yeah. And then Sanube ends up telling Ahsoka, you know, pass on what you have learned to the to the younglings yes. specifically. And that's when she enters and, and they see Yoda and the other younglings and she ends up telling them that the, the weapon the weapon is your life. It's your responsibility and never let it out of your sight. And I really like that it was, you know, a child teaching children. Child, yeah. Because we, you know, we look up to even though we look up to our elders you also we, want to look up to your peers we, we, we tend to relate more to those that are like us yeah that are our same N not that there ha that there's not exceptions because i grew up amongst adults older adults i have very little interaction with children around me so i grew up thinking about things and having to think before doing because that was the behavior of the elders around me but in general kids tend to learn more from other kids yeah that's why they call peer pressure comes from the fact that this is our, the way our mind behaves we tend to go with those around us yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's nice when the those around us are actually positive, positive influences. Yeah, yeah. And Ahsoka is definitely one of those. Yeah, and she's she's influenced a lot of kids even outside of of you know in universe. So that that's pretty cool. And and my question for you is for our children in this world, what would you say is the equivalent to a lightsaber? A youngling, a Jedi youngling, the, this lightsaber is their responsibility. This is what they have to look after. And I don't feel like there's anything like no, that. No, I, I don't think that the... Our children don't really hold that kind of responsibility, mm -hmm. I don't think. The responsibility I see of our children, uh, uh, that our children carry, is the responsibility of knowledge. It's yeah. the responsibility of learning. 
we de- we develop, we grow up, we learn, we're supposed to learn. And what I see happening more and more is that we're not being serious about that. And it's not just parents influencing their children, but children influencing themselves and others around them. And I don't think that that is a mindset that is being fostered on our kids anymore. It's like somehow we've lost the ability to interact with our children and we're letting them grow in a world of technology and advances and many things, but that does not take the place of, of a, a parent, parent. Yeah. The hand of a, of a parent, the guidance of a parent. Yeah. So children are losing that ability to seek out knowledge. I remember I always wanted to know things. Mm-hmm. When I when I ask questions, it wasn't because I was disrespectful. When I questioned the reasoning of, of my elders, it wasn't because I was being disrespectful. It was because I wanted to know why. So it's, you were like like Canaan. Canaan was just like that. He wasn't being disrespectful. He just wanted to know why. Why, uh, why is it done this way? I'm gonna still do it this way, but why is it that we're doing it this way? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I needed to know, and I think that that is the most precious thing for a kid or a human being to have. And I don't think is being fostered, and I don't think is being developed. No, in, in our children I, anymore. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Yeah, because most of the time people are like, just Google it. Yeah. That, that Come on, doesn't sit help down. Me. Yeah. Explain it. Show it. Mm-hmm. And as then, a matter and of then fact, have them learn it so they can apply it. As a matter of fact, sit down and Google it with them. Yeah. You know, it could yeah. be a whole experience. But it's so much important because it teaches the child that he's not just doing something for the sake of doing it. There's a purpose to it. Right. And it opens the mind beyond the just finding whatever it is that they were looking for. Right. It's actually a lot like my math classes growing up. Like in high school, math was, you know, you plug in this, you plug in that, and this is the answer. When I got to college, I had to understand why Why I was getting that answer. And how to apply it to word problems. And that's why I failed my first math class. Because I was like, what are you telling me right now? And that's why I love math. Yeah. Because it makes you think. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, math- a mathematician. I have no idea. I-, I do not think like those. that There was people in classes with me that... The way they talked and the way they expressed themselves about theories and theorems and all that jazz, I was like, whoa, you know, I knew I wasn't at that level, but that never stopped me from wanting to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? Why a zero Mm -hmm. is a zero? Why do we need it? (laughs) Yeah. And so in terms of fan questions and thoughts, we have Juan John Jedi. Ooh. <laughs> I love that. Um, he asked, what was your reaction to the Seleucami interlude in Chun- Chuck Windegg's Aftermath and the mention of Old Man Cut? So, Mommy, you haven't read Aftermath, but I read it. And I actually had a tough time with this novel because there was a lot of... The style of it was very weird to me, and I couldn't really, like sit there for a long time it just it it seemed very odd and i just couldn't connect with it 
Um, but I did enjoy the story. I did enjoy the characters. At one point, actually, I took it took me a month to get through this book. That's how often I kept putting it down. But at one point, I actually just leafed through the last 100 pages because I just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, but I do remember the reference to Cut. He was actually mentioned in that novel. So I thought it was pretty neat that in other sources you find, you know, you hear about characters that you think, oh, you know, they're just Clone Wars. But no, they actually, you know, they're part of the universe. So that you're going to hear them one way or another. And then Amy, she asks, I'd love to hear Maria's thoughts on Rex's transformation in The Deserter. I think it is his first step into a larger world. Yeah, because he he, he finally sees that there's more than one opinion there's more than one thought process Mm -hmm. you know yes this is my choice this is my path this is what my experiences are telling me I'm supposed to be doing but there are other choices yeah yeah definitely and who knows you know that's very important Mm -hmm. so uh, for you to to be able to interact with you the world around you you need to be able to understand that there's others that are different. There's other people that are not like you. Yeah, they're not gonna function. They the don't same. live. They, they don't live the same way you live. They don't think the same way you think. They don't behave the same way you behave. They're completely different. And the only way you're gonna be able to interact and get along with all those different people around you is by opening your mind and realizing that just because they're different it doesn't mean you don't accept them it doesn't mean you you have to eradicate them from the face of the earth because i'm telling you i i can i would not be able to get along with another me Oh, no? Nope. I was just telling my coworker earlier that I, if I were to ever marry, <laughs> it would be someone that was exactly like me. No, I cannot stand anybody like me. Oh, no, wow. No, I cannot. That's no. interesting. I am me. Nobody else can be <laughs> like me. <laughs> I wanted to clone you, actually, so that way I can keep another mommy around. <laughs> then you, you, bring her, you bring her to life when I'm there. <laughs> Because I cannot bear to live with somebody just like me. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, Something I was going to say about Rex was Cut definitely influenced him. Because as you mentioned, you know, later on we see him with Rex, uh, with Gregor and and Wolf. Yes. And, you know, and a lot of the clones, they don't get that interaction with the outside. And that's what you were saying. And they don't, like, look at... Waxer and Numa, and how much Numa influenced him so much so that she, he actually carries an image of her on his helmet. So a lot of the clones don't interact with the locals. They don't interact with the people that they're actually saving. saving. They're just doing it because that's this the is oath. what they were. That's taught. what they this were. Is what yeah, you're supposed to do. And once you start interacting with locals and you start seeing the life that they live and a life that you could p- potentially live yourself, that's when you start questioning. You know, what am I? What am I doing in this war? You know, am I just another number? Some mm-hmm. someone else to shoot a blaster. So yeah, Rex definitely had an amazing transformation in this episode. It's one of my favorite episodes, besides the fact that Rex is in it. I just really like the unique perspective that we're, we're yeah. given. 
And Patty asked, what did you think of Rex, Rex's and Ahsoka's growths shown in these two episodes? So we talked about right. Rex. So in terms Ahsoka. of Ahsoka and in Lightsaber Lost. She learns that everything she's learning from Anakin may not necessarily be the right way. Yeah, exactly. Because she rushes into, into things. things just Anakin. like Anakin yeah. does. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's not... And again, that's that the only, only way, way of doing things. <laughs> so they both had a similar yes. realization. Yeah, yeah. And that was because she was exposed to this other individual. Yep. She wasn't with Anakin. That's why the more experiences the you have, the exposure you get, yeah. The, the better for your character to develop. And and then that's that for, for our questions. So those are very great questions. So thank you, everyone, for sending in your comments. I know some people were happy about the fact that we hit the 50th episode. So, woo! And 50! <laughs> so, so that's it. And stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat when my mom and I discuss more episodes from the Season 2 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. In the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher. I finally added Rebels Chat to Stitcher so people with Androids and all those other devices can finally listen to us. And visit thewookiegunner.com as well as follow Rebels Chat on Twitter. And may the Force be with you. Always. I almost forgot there. <laughs> That's one word, Joanna. I know, it's one word. <laughs>